Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I always appreciate speaking with Tasha because she's so knowledgeable on so many, many issues. And a uh, columnist with the National Post, op-ed writer. She's um, an author. And uh, you can find her on uh, Blogspot, right, Tasha? Substack. Close. And of course. Of course yeah. it's Substack. I knew I'd blow something out it's, of the it's, a, it's kind of like a blog, but it's you know, a bit more, a bit more uh, organized than just a blog. Yeah, yeah. It's so, a community. It's a community of blogs, so yeah. Right, right. Uh, let's get started on uh, on what you had to say. In your op-ed, National Pharmacare Plan, too high a price to pay to keep liberals in power. And you remind that it would cost $23 billion to $27 billion annually in 24 and 25. If this National Pharmacare program would come into effect, and you also talk about the specifics of where it could be particularly a, a shortcoming for Canadians who expect to receive the kind of medical or pharmacare that they're receiving now with the provincial Plans, but let's talk about the twenty-three to twenty-seven billion dollars, which is the estimate of the PBO, the Parliamentary Budget Officer. Tell us about that. Sure, um, the Parliamentary Budget Officer did an estimation. I believe it was twenty seventeen, um, and uh, this is in today's dollars. What that would be would be, and um, at the time, um, so now it is now twenty-three to twenty-seven billion. If the government was to basically take over existing pharmacare, because there is pharmacare in this country. Um, you know, different provinces have plans. Quebec has a very strong drug plan. For example, Ontario has drug plans. Um, there's private insurance that is uh, for people through their workplace um, that you can purchase also uh, if you want to. So there's already assistance with medication costs, if you want to call pharmacare that. But what the government's saying is like they're saying, oh, no, we're going to pull all that away, and we're going to pull it up, and we're going to pay for it now. So the taxpayer is going to shoulder the burden. Um, instead of all these other, you know, employers or whatever, and that's one of the, the problems here um, is that you're 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 throwing out the baby with the bathwater because there's a very small percentage of people who actually are foregoing medication because they can't afford it because they're not covered. Those people, I think, yeah, should be helped, but that's a total of about eight percent, according to a study that was done by Statistics Canada that looked at of data over about a decade. So really. You don't need to create a new system. You need to patch the holes or plug the holes where they are. And instead, the NDP wants the government to just basically, you know, uh, to tear everything up and take over, which I think is a very bad idea. And the government uh, feels probably somewhat pushed into into agreeing with the NDP because if they don't have their supply and whatever they're calling it, confidence agreement, if if they don't have that any longer, then the possibility would exist of a non-confidence motion passing in Parliament, and we would have an election, which is the last thing Trudeau wants at this particular time. And I don't think Mr. Singh is particularly looking forward to an encounter with the voters at this time. No, I don't think he is. And this is the thing. I think it's, it's been a lot of a lot of bluff. Um, the latest being, you know, quite vociferously this week, the NDP said, well, if we don't get this on the, you know, on the books, we don't get a bill passed by the end of the year, then we're going to bring down the government, right? That we're, we're the, the confidence and supply motion will be will be void. One of its conditions was to have some legislation or move forward towards um, pharmacare in the concrete way, so a bill of some kind. Um, and the NDP's presented private members' bills. Of course, they were defeated until now. But now, really, um, you know, if the government doesn't pass something, doesn't pave the way for this program, then we could be facing an election. And you're right, Jagmeet Singh is not doing well in the polls. And honestly, um, you know, for other personal reasons as well, uh, he may not want an election until 2025. 
So yeah. I don't it, think we'll see one. It's really, if, if we just look at the fundamentals of this, it's a cynical abuse of the parliamentary system. So you have an agreement between two political parties that are essentially unpopular with the Canadian populace. They don't want an election. The Liberals are kept in power by the NDP, who wield this, uh, this influence over them. And so the NDP says, well, we want the pharmacare program, and the Liberals are not satisfying the NDP. So they'll have to come to some sort of an agreement if the Liberals want to stay in power and, until 2025, and it will cost us billions of dollars. As you said, the PBO, Parliamentary Budget Officer, estimates $23 billion and $27 billion per annum. My guest is Tasha Carradine. Her book is The Right Path, How Conservatives Can Unite, Inspire, and Take Canada Forward. And she's on Substack.com. I, I this blog thing stuck in my head. <laughs> I forgive you. Yeah, it just it just yeah. gets you know gets kind of hardwired, yeah. and the first thing that makes its way from your brain to your mouth is the wrong thing. <laughs> yep, that happens to me too. No, really? Oh, I With feel, names. I feel relieved now. If I have a name of someone in my head, I think I think I you know if it's one person I. I know her real name, but I always think of a different one when I see her. Yeah. You know what I used to do in the studio if I, if I had three guests across the table from me? I would yeah. position them on a piece of paper, right? The name, person on the left, oh. person in the center, person on the right. And I would have arrows going to each one so I've I could look that. down at my paper and cheat. No, I've done that on panels. When you're sitting on a panel with people, <laughs> like at election night or something, and you're like, oh, some of these people you've never met? So, yeah. Who is this? <laughs> Yeah, I want to get it wrong. Yeah, let's get back to pharmacare. So you point yeah. out very clearly, because the Liberals in 2017 is their poster argument for a national pharmacare program. When they were looking at it without the uh, engagement or direct engagement of the NDP as exists now, they pointed to New Zealand, and you point very clearly to New Zealand and their pharmacare program not being a success, certainly not as far as the people of New Zealand are concerned, if they're living with life-threatening disease. Yes, um, that's because uh, New Zealand's had pharmacare since uh, 1993, and um, there was a report that was done in 2019 by Medicines New Zealand that ranked the country last for access to medicines and pharmaceutical investment among all 20 OECD nations. Um, what they found was that of 304 medicines that were introduced globally between 2011 and 2017, New Zealand funded only 17 of those through its pharmacare program. Uh, why? Well, because these kinds of drugs, innovative medicines in particular, are expensive. They have a lot of research. They, they cost a lot. And pharmacare, when it's universal and the government's paying for it, i.e. the taxpayer, can't afford the expensive stuff. Sometimes those drugs would be covered by private plans. Sometimes they would be covered by provincial plans. That won't be the case anymore. This would be a federal one-size-fits-all program. And so in New Zealand, what you saw is that the companies didn't even introduce the drugs for approval into New Zealand because it knew the price ceiling was too low to cover the cost of providing them. So you're going to have people with rare diseases, with cancer is a big one, where new therapies are developed, gene therapies and other things, not having access. Um, and then there's generics, too. I didn't really write about that as much, but, you know, what's going to happen is if you're going to do bulk buying and, and try and keep costs down, the government's going to buy generics. You're only going to have access to those. And in some cases, those are not as good as the original drug on which they were modeled for, for people. So you won't have a choice, right? That is terrible, quite frankly. Why are we doing this to ourselves? We don't need to do this. Now, 302 new drugs in New Zealand had access to 17. 
Yeah. That is really terrifying. And I was diagnosed. I, I was diagnosed earlier this year with uh, with uh, with cancer. Yeah. And uh, and so it becomes extremely personal when you look at what's available. As far as the drugs are concerned and the, the drug plans we have now, provincially, federally, and well, not federally, but provincially, and we do have uh, private plans. And so we generally have access to what's what's best on the market or close to best on the market. If we had a national pharma care program, not so much. No. No, that is a danger. Yeah. So what's your sense of what's going to happen here? Do you think... The Liberals are going to do whatever the New Democrats want them to do as far as the Pharmacare program is concerned, so they can stay in uh, in office until twenty five. I think so. Um, you know, I think this isn't uh, this isn't inconsistent with liberal thinking to have Pharmacare in the first place. It's okay. not something that you know it's not a huge uh, leap for this government to make. Okay, but the timing of it is right. I mean, you look at this. I personally don't think it's Tasha, right at all. But, I, yeah. I'm I'm not good at names. I'm not good at Substack, and I'm not good what? at the clock either. So oh. <laughs> three strikes. Oh, go. I'm out. <laughs> You're out. I'm out too. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 